This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, well, the Celtics, they wrapped up that series. Game 7 win over the Bucks at home. Um, oh, better to break it down than our own Chris Mannix with Sports Illustrated and NBC Sports Boston, who joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Chris, it's Lou Christian and Mago. I want to start with the Celtics in this series uh, with the Bucks because I felt like it probably should have been done sooner because a lot of the losses I felt were self-inflicted by the Celtics because I, I felt like they were the better team, especially with Middleton out. Well, game one, you know, they, I don't think they were prepared for, you know, Milwaukee's level of physicality, and that's what cost them in the opener. Um, obviously choked away game five with that 14-point lead with, with 10 seconds left. So you're probably right. They probably should have finished it uh, earlier than it did. But I, I did think it took it and showed a tremendous amount of resolve to lose a lead like they did, to come back less than 48 hours later, win in Milwaukee, which is a tough place to play with Jason Tatum, finally kind of busting out uh, in the series. But, but to me, the, this series was one on the defensive end. I mean, Milwaukee was, even without Chris Middleton, like they were the third best offensive team in the NBA during the regular season. Boston held them to 90 points twice, under 90 points twice. Uh, that's, that's just a continuation of a trend we've seen since January 1st, where this team is not just the best defensive team in basketball. You look at the numbers, they're the best defensive team by a country mile. And, you know, what it all boils down to was their ability to get stops and really limit the Bucks offensively. Hey, so, uh, Chris, what do you think, which which game was more impressive, okay, uh, and player? Al Horford game four, uh, Jason Tatum game six, or Grant Williams game seven? Uh, I mean, God, they're all you gotta you pick know, one. impressive in their own different ways. I, I'd probably say Tatum in six. Okay. You Why? know, You've, we've all seen the numbers of the team that wins game five wins like 82% or something like that of series. They have to go back to Milwaukee um, after such a gut punch that they took in game four. I mean, I was in that building um, on that night, and it, it was just a deflated team that, you know, went back into that locker room after the game. And Tatum, he hadn't played well in this series up until that point. He had a really good second half in game two a really good fourth quarter in game four, but he had not put together the kind of game you expect from a player on Tatum's level. So for him to go out there in Milwaukee against a top flight defense matched up often with Giannis and Drew Holiday and all these top defensive players and throw up 46 in an elimination game, I mean, that was something. I mean, Grant Williams did a great job in game seven, but the Celtics kind of rode some energy, I thought, off that crowd as well. Game six, hostile environment. You know, that was Tatum's, superstar moment right there that was his his not, not his coming out party necessarily but you know you know him putting his stamp on that series so I, I was mostly impressed by that 
Uh, Chris, I'm going to go back to Grant Williams. Uh, were you surprised that Mike Budenholzer in the Bucks uh, made that calculation to continue leaving him open for 18 three-pointers after he started sinking them in the second half? You know, I, I would have, you know, hindsight, you expect a coach to make an adjustment when, you know, players are are, are shooting like that. But, you know, Budenholzer's been he was utilizing that defensive strategy all series. I mean, you look, go back to game one, the Celtics took 53s in that game, only made 17 of them. So it didn't look good uh, on paper, but this is what Milwaukee wants you to do. They, it's kind of an old school basketball mentality where, you know, they want you to shoot threes and they don't want to give up layups or anything in the paint. Um, It worked for them a couple of times during the series, but you saw kind of cracks in that defensive strategy in game four, when Al Horford was wide open, you know, all game long and he was making shots uh, for the Celtics. Game seven, you know, Grant's just alone on an island out there. I mean, they made the calculated decision to keep Brooke Lopez in the paint to keep Tatum and Brown from getting easy opportunities, and, and that opened things up. I mean, I, I am surprised in the second half with Grant starting to cook a little bit and, you know, make shots that they didn't adjust that and go smaller or be more nimble or whatever you want to do. But, um, you know, that, they stuck with what got them there, and, and that ultimately cost them in game seven. Talking to Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix. And, Chris, I want to move on to the Heat because the Celtics are favored in this series, and I know it's going to be a different series. You expect the Heat mentally, physically. It's a tough, tough team. But how big of a loss is Kyle Lowry, and will he be effective, and will that be the, the difference in this series? It's a huge loss because you've got to you know go deeper into your bench, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're in Miami, and tap on guys that maybe you wouldn't alternatively. And Kyle Lowry, as recently as 2019, is a proven uh, playoff guy. I mean, this is an interesting series. I mean, you know, Jalen Brown said something after game seven that probably didn't go no, get noticed too much, but he said Milwaukee you know, really prepared us for what's coming in this Miami series. One of the concerns that people within the Celtics had going into the playoffs and looking ahead to maybe a matchup with Miami was how physical they were. They were. Um, during the regular season, Miami had their success against Boston with physicality. You know, from one to five, when Lowry's playing, they're really physical. And you know, you saw in game one against the Bucks, the Celtics weren't ready for that. Uh, going seven games with Milwaukee, now they're ready. I mean, you really can't get any more physical than what the Celtics experienced with the Bucks. I mean, that was a boxing match, you know, for seven rounds uh, against Milwaukee. Bodies all over the floor, guys all kinds of banged up. Um, they're ready for whatever Miami brings. I think that's going to be a big part of any potential success. The other part of it is, you know, can they deploy the same level of defense on Jimmy Butler that they did on Kevin Durant? And that they did on Giannis. Kevin Durant shot under 40% in the series um, against Boston the first round. Giannis, who was a 55% shooter in the regular season, he shot 45% in the series against Boston. Jimmy Butler is cooking right now. He had a great series against uh, Philadelphia, averaging like 27 points in that series, shooting better than 50% uh, from the field. Um, they've got to find a way to slow him down. But the good news for Boston is if you can slow him down, that's not a dynamic offensive team in Miami. Not at all. So, if they can you know, kind of cut off the head of the snake, uh, they're going to have a great chance to win a lot of these games. Yeah, and Chris, and that was kind of where I was going to go next. Uh, you know, you, you go through this gauntlet of, uh, you know, the best ever, you know, with KD, the Giannis, and then you go Jimmy Butler. And I think the the average fan would sit there and say that's a, that's a downgrade in talent and ability. What would you say about that? Well, I mean, objectively it is. I mean, Kevin Durant might be the best offensive player in the league when he's healthy. Giannis... You know, to make the argument he should have been the MVP this year. So Jimmy Butler is not in that category, but uh, he's a winner. And he seems to have that kind of 
you know, Chris Paul-like way of, of getting to his spot and making shots. And if you're going to guard him, mean, he's also a different kind of player, too. I mean, Giannis and Durant were both you know, kind of power 40, 40 type of players, whereas Jimmy Butler, he'll be playing that 2-3. So the pressure shifts more to guys like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown than it did for Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, and Al Horford. So uh, you just got to make life uncomfortable for him. And, and if you do, you can force him to shoot a little percentage um, you're going to be okay. I mean, look, they've got some decent players. Tyler Hero was the runaway winner for sixth man. Max Struess has kind of supplanted Duncan Robinson in that rotation. But, you know, they're not dynamic offensively at all. And if you can force Jimmy Butler to take as many shots as he gets points, which is something the Celtics did really well with Drew Holiday uh, in that, uh, that Buck series, um, you're going to find your way to some wins. Jimmy Butler, we know from a few different occasions, is an emotional guy. And uh, I wonder with guys like Tatum and Durant early and then Giannis and Luca last night making really big headlines for themselves. Do you expect to do you do you expect Jimmy to play with any kind of chip on his shoulder and kind of ride that emotion of, you know, nobody believes in us, that kind of thing? Um, I don't know that he does that specifically. Um, You know, Jimmy's always been. He's always been one of the most competitive guys I've ever covered, uh, you know, whether it was, and sometimes that manifests itself in unproductive ways. I mean, in Minnesota, he was so sick of playing with Carl Towns and Andrew Wiggins and, and those guys that he kind of competitive his way out of there by, by sort of bad mouthing them. Philadelphia, you know, you heard Joel Embiid after that series, he wants Jimmy Butler back. I mean, they could use a dose of competitiveness uh, within that team in Miami, just the right fit. I mean, Miami is, has been an ultra-competitive environment ever since Pat Riley got there. It's continued with Eric Spolstra. You know, and Butler is kind of a lunch-pail type of guy. You know, plays hard defense. You know, doesn't necessarily shoot the three ball all that well, but gets in the paint and, and gets to his spot. So he'll be motivated, no question about it. Um, I think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not overly concerned necessarily about, you know, you know, Butler. I think the Celtics' defense is going to be really good against him. You just can't let one of these other guys have big days. You can't let Tyler Hero you know, go off for 30 or, or something like that. If Kyle Lowry plays at some point, you can't let him have a big game. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty confident in the Celtics' ability to, to scheme something solid against Jimmy Butler and slow him down. All right, we're talking to Chris Mannix here in the Harbor One Hotline. And, Chris, the Celtics finish off the Bucks without Robert Williams late in that series. I think it affected them, uh, you know, as far as offensive boards for the Bucks in a couple of them. But how important is he in this next series? Uh, it looks like he's going to be available, especially with Bam out of bio. Is he even more important here going up against the Heat? Yeah, he, he's just as important, if not more. Um, you mentioned out of bio, who is more of a – look, he's a, a physical guy in the paint when it comes to rebounding, but he can step out a little bit and play off the dribble offensively. So you want somebody with the versatility – of Robert Williams defensively uh, out there. And certainly if you have Rob Williams, you don't necessarily have to rely on Daniel Tyson and increase the depth on your bench. I, I don't know what to expect from Robert Williams. I'm a little perplexed, frankly, that, you know, look, he had a he had significant knee surgery. I, I don't know why he was playing in that net series. Like, uh, what were they up? 2 nothing, 3 nothing at some point when Robert Williams wound up coming back. I mean, I didn't really see the upside in bringing him back after that kind of knee injury as quickly as it did. And I wonder if... You know, did you know? Did he come back too soon when he was dealing with some knee problems towards the end of the series? So hopefully, he is at or close to 100 percent because I do think they're going to need him. I mean that that Heat front court is athletic. That's for sure. Robert Williams has proven he can defend athletic guys at that position. 
You know what? Uh, does everybody hate Grayson Allen because of the way he looks or just because of the way he plays? Well, I, I didn't really, like, you know, far be it from me to criticize <laughs> Celtics fans, but, like, y- yelling, like, Grayson Allen sucks. Like, what, what, did he score 30 on Boston College a few years ago? Like, what, 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 what are we angry at Grayson Allen for here? I mean, look, I, I think it's just, it's kind of like the rock rolling down the mountain. If one city hates him, or yeah. he, he's kind of become that Duke guy, the way J.J. Redick exactly. was. Yeah. And some of the other guys were there. So you just naturally, you know, hate on that guy. But, I mean, I, I don't – I, I didn't get that. When the Celtics fans started cheering and jeering Grayson <laughs> Allen, I mean, like I went to Boston College. I, I can tell you if he beat BC, it's because BC sucks and not, you know, Grayson <laughs> Allen on that one. you got to find a villain. Uh, for Smart, we heard that Marcus Smart uh, left the game in a walking boot, uh, had an MRI that came back clean today. How concerned should Celtics fans be about his health? You mentioned this series is going to be physical. Maybe not not as physical as the Bucks, but a physical series. Yeah, from what I was told today, the, there's some optimism that that Smart will will be able to play. And, and look, he's he's played through a lot of pain in his career to the point where he when he missed that game against Milwaukee. Um, what was it? Game game five. Uh, you you wondered about him, like like how serious was that thigh contusion? Like how bad was it? Um, you know, because he's always played through some significant injuries before, um, and he always seems to get them. Like every time, every game, you know, the over under at Marcus Smart going down and being down for more than five seconds is like two and a half uh, every single time. So you expect him to bounce back and play. Um, from what I understand, this is just a question of pain and what he can play through. And Marcus has proven uh, time and again that he's been able to play through pain. So. Uh, barring something surprising, um, I would expect Marcus to try to tough it out and play through it. That's going to be big because, you know, look, I don't, who knows if Lowry's playing, but, you know, they, they, they've got some three-point shooters out there. They've got Jimmy Butler out there. You need Marcus Smart uh, at his best defending those guys to be successful. All right, Chris, should be a fun series. Looking forward to it. Wait, what's who, who you got? you, you got to pick a winner. Oh. Give, give, give you one of the series. Uh, I like the Celtics in six. Um, I, again, I, I think that I, I just – if you it goes back to Butler, you, you slow him down, you make him inefficient, you guard everybody else. Like, excuse me, they'll have some trouble scoring, I think, at times against his Miami defense. But I, I just don't, I don't see Miami as being as dynamic offensively as Kyrie and Kevin Durant were, even without Chris Middleton as Giannis and and Drew Holiday were. I mean, I think the Celtics defense is going to be another difference maker in the series. All right, appreciate the time, Chris. Enjoy the series, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 